0: This is Ron Gregg with The Gift of Christmas on WVBI. Chapter 1. A Perfect Christmas, Christmas Eve. Some folks will debate when Christmas begins. Some talk of the twelve days of Christmas, others of when the tree goes up. For me, the official beginning of Christmas was Christmas Eve dinner at Grandma Sybil's house. We would begin arriving in the late afternoon, usually around 4 p.m. As we approached the house, we could see her little tree through the window facing the street. From her driveway, you couldn't see into the house because the windows were all steamed up from the cooking. Greetings were usually warm and friendly. Grandma Sybil would come to the door, wiping her hands on a dish towel that she would tuck into her apron before greeting us. When we entered the house, the smells of cooking engulfed us. The house smelled delicious. The Wagners would either already be there or be just behind us. It was an extended family gathering. Sybil Larson was Grandma Sybil to the Gregg and Wagner families. There were no blood ties here, only love. Her modest little home was a castle to Jody, Nancy, and me. We would say our hellos and rush in to put our coats on the banister. The banister would be buried in coats by 5 p.m. The next step was to check out the Christmas tree. Grandma Sybil always had a tiny tabletop tree that was decorated with ancient ornaments in tinsel made of lead. Sometimes there were ornaments the girls and I made in Sunday school or school, but most were antique beauties made of glass. Her living room was cozy and warm conversation was always lively and friendly. Between Bill Wagner and Dad, the adventurous tales were fascinating. Mom, Marge Wagner, and Sybil would busy themselves in the kitchen. Marge and Mom usually brought some dish from home and then jumped in to help Sybil with dinner preparations. As the dinner approached, the girls and I were occasionally recruited for chores, like setting the table or fetching things the kitchen crew needed. Before long, dinner was ready and we were all seated in the kitchen. The girls and I sat wherever we fit. Some years, the little house was almost crowded when our older siblings were present, and later even more so when they had their own children. If there was crowding, Jody, Nancy, and I sat on stools at the buffet. We didn't feel left out. We felt special. Christmas Eve dinner was always a great time. Dad would offer a prayer of thanks, and we would all dig in. The food was always excellent, home-cooked, and filling, It was impossible to leave this house hungry, even when it wasn't Christmas. When the plates were empty and bellies full, we slid our chairs back and moved into the living room. We kids were tasked with bussing the tables and washing dishes. It didn't seem so much as a chore as it was the final step before we got to open presents. When the dishes were done, we went into the living room to join the adults. We anxiously awaited the word to pass out presents the kids' gifts are the centerpiece of the Christmas holiday. In a way, that's okay, because it is the one part of the Christmas story that the kids can understand, even if they don't know what frankincense is. The gift exchange was always interesting. Dad and Bill were both pretty creative craftsmen, and their creations were often, I'd say, always fun. Mom, Marge, and Sybil were no strangers to hand crafting, Mom could work miracles with knitting needles, as Marge could with a sewing machine and Sybil with a crochet hook. We kids might not get the latest toy advertised between Saturday morning cartoons, but we were very likely to get a very cool, handmade toy or sled and something warm to wear while playing with it. Soon, it was time to haul away the wrapping paper. This is when the coffee and dessert would come out. There is only one dessert that sticks in my mind from these wonderful evenings. French vanilla ice cream with cream de menthe drizzled over the top. There wasn't enough alcohol in it to have any effect on us kids. But the color and the flavor made it a wonderful signature dessert of this special night. With dessert dishes in the drying rack, with the coffee cups, it was time to get the coats on and head out to Beaver Island Christian Church for the Christmas Eve candlelight service. In these days, the church was the little log cabin that sits adjacent to the current church. Back then, the cabin was a bit smaller, and the sanctuary was the living room. To the immediate left of the pulpit was a stone fireplace. It was quaint, Cute, and it was our church. The Christmas gathering would be larger than usual, or larger than the usual Sunday morning crowd anyway, and the singing would be spectacular. It was especially cool because it was a candlelight service. Nearly everyone in the congregation was issued a medium tapered candle that had been poked through the bottom of a paper plate. This allowed the holder of the candle to do so without getting burned by hot wax or hot wax dripping onto the carpeting. When it all was lit and the electric lights extinguished the little church came alive with songs of the season. It was truly a time of intense Christmas spirit. After the service the adults would visit and wish each other Merry Christmas. We kids would go outside and play in the snow. The little church had poor insulation so it had great icicles hanging from its eaves. These were always fun to play with if you could break them off. We would eventually head home. Sometimes the Wagners would take Grandma Sybil home. Other times we did. It was a very cheerful way to begin the celebration of Christmas. Some years it involved a follow-on participation in Midnight Mass at Holy Cross. This was a double the celebration. Although the Holy Cross congregation generally had a more subdued approach in their hymn singing, the Beaver Island Christian Church congregation had an attitude of, if you can't sing in tune, just sing loud, which we expressed exuberantly in these moments. The church was always decorated very beautifully, and there was usually special music performed by a local artist. The experience was very worthwhile, even to the children. With midnight mass over, I was usually pretty tuckered out. I was envious of the kids who would return from mass to open presents, but in my later years, I understood that I would have been far too tired to really enjoy it. I would take off my winter gear when we got home, set out some cookies and eggnog for Santa, and go to bed knowing that tomorrow would be the best Christmas ever. The Gift of Christmas was written by me, Ron Gregg, for my parents, Phil and Lil Gregg, in 2003, and is presented here on WVBI with the wish that your Christmas this year is a Christmas to remember.